Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Jim Britt and Jim Lutz had a vision, and the Change Book series was developed. Welcome to the Change Book Radio Show with your hosts and personal coaches that'll show you how to bankroll your mind. Lawrence Pipkin and Rich Perry. Join Lawrence and Rich weekly as they interview the top co-authors from all over the globe who share their insights into self-empowerment with life-enhancing realizations that will touch every area of your life. We're live every Wednesday on Blog Talk Radio at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hey, everybody. What's going on out there? This is Rich Perry, and I'm joined, as always, by Lawrence Pipkin, and you're listening to the Change Book Radio Show. Lawrence, how are we doing out there? Doing great, Rich. Doing great, as always. Awesome, awesome. So, if you've been listening to the show, and I know you have, you know that the last two weeks, two or three weeks, we've been having crazy technical difficulties. So we do want to apologize to everyone out there for the difficulties, and we think we have it all sorted out. So I'm looking for a stellar, I'm looking forward to a stellar show today. What about you, Lawrence? Uh, definitely. And, I, and if anybody listened to last week's, there, there was like a a minute and 30 seconds of dead air while we were figuring things out. And uh, I got a little frustrated. So if you hear me cussing, that was not me. That was rich. But just sorry for that. <laughs> I'm excited to be right back on. on track. Definitely excited to be back on track. And we have two great co-authors that we're going to be interviewing today. And the first co-author we have her on the line right now. We actually got a chance to meet her two days ago on Monday, and it was, it was a great experience. So let me read her bio, and we'll introduce her to the show. Our first guest is Dr. Valerie Bernard. She has a PhD. Her uh, title, or her chapter is The Biggest Game Changer. Valerie is a co-author in books six, seven, and eight. She's a philanthropist, speaker, facilitator, consultant, and networker. Her passion and PhD are in facilitating the continuous performance improvement that is possible when it comes from people who are inspired to be their, their very best. She's active in the International Society for performance improvement and is connected with ATD as well. The fact that she is delightful and genuine is part of her executive presence, as is a depth of knowledge and understanding of both people and business issues. So we're excited to welcome Valerie to the radio show. Valerie, how are you doing out there? Thank you so much, Rich and Lawrence. Doing great over here in Dallas, Texas. Right on. And just a little 
side note, as it says in your bio, you're a three-year transplant from West, West Virginia. So what brings you to Texas? I'm just curious. Thank you for asking, Rich. Uh, I never would have dreamed I was going to be living in Texas, but a few years ago I decided that I would come out to Texas to finish this Ph.D., and, and so we've accomplished that goal now. My daughter, if you were talking to my 22-year-old daughter, Darby, she would tell you that I, I had a midlife crisis and ran away from home because she went off to college, but the truth is I really came out here to finish up the Ph.D., and it's been so great that uh, my daughter decided to come out here with me, and we're calling Texas home right now. Awesome, awesome. So, Valerie, tell us about your chapter. Well, first of all, I mean, you're in three of the change books. That's awesome. And I know that, you know, a few of the chapters kind of coincide and everything like that. And today we're going to be talking about the chapter, The Biggest Game Changer, that's in book seven of this series. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about your chapter in book seven, and we're going to dive a little bit deeper as well for the listeners. That sounds great. Uh, I'd like to share first, Rich, that when Jim Britt and Jim Luch approached me about being in the book series, and as I got to know them a little bit better, and, and I watched a couple of the books launch, and I got my own copies, and I was so inspired, I, I called them back, and, and I said, it's not too late, is it? And they said, we're working on book six, and I was like, that's great, because I, I'm so excited that I I want to be in six, seven, and eight, and and they said, "Come on board." And truly, two experts in the field of personal development, and and I couldn't be more excited and and more blessed to be a part of this amazing team. And and I'd also like to say that uh, I really enjoyed the bankroll your mind and. Uh, learning with you on Monday during both of your presentations as well. And so uh, I'm excited about what's happening in the Change Book series and, and really thankful that Jim and Jim contacted me and that we were able to connect because that's what this has been about. It's been about a life-changing connections, and, and it's just truly an inspiring team. So thank you for that. And and I'll, uh, a little bit about Book 7 uh, when I, well, let me start with book six. When when book six came out, I I decided to talk a little bit about that story that you asked me why the PhD and, or why Dallas and the PhD story and and there was a lot of change going on. I had never left West Virginia before and and to leave and leave friends and family. It was one of the biggest changes I had went through and and I learned a little bit about. Uh, endorsers and fence sitters and and people in my family that uh, were all in with me and so in the change six I I talk about this and in some of the things that I went through during personal change and and then um, I also wanted to provide some information uh, to organizations and so I took the personal principles and moved on into chapter seven with some ideas on change models that I have felt to be beneficial for some of my clients in working through change with their teams. And so in book seven, then I introduce a, a few models and it's more of a uh, academic theories, methodologies type chapter uh, in dealing with change inside the organization. So, and, and I dig deeper into uh, some of those terminologies and then some of those opportunities that we have to use the models to better facilitate change inside the organization. Definitely. And I know, I know before we went live, um, Lawrence was joking around with you because I know this is right up Lawrence's alley, all the, 
the systems and the diagrams and things like that. So Lawrence, I'm sure you want to hop in, but I am going to limit you to not getting into the nitty gritty that I know that you're going to do. So Lawrence, do you have any questions for Valerie right now? Lawrence, you there? Yes. Can you hear me now? Yeah, we can hear you now. Excellent. I'm technologically invalid at the moment. Um, no, I was messing with Valerie before the show, telling her that we were going to dive super deep into uh, systems thinking. And she was like, ah, but I kid, I kid. Um, <laughs> Valerie, I noticed that, you know, from, from moving from book six to book seven to book eight, creating this continuum, which is um, very, very systems oriented. So for the people that really don't or haven't had the opportunity to jump into systems thinking, I know that when, as a layperson, when I heard about systems thinking, I thought, okay, you're inside of a system and you're trying to figure out how things work, but it's a little bit deeper than that. And also much more robust. So in your chapter, you kind of give hints to that. And so if you could give just a little overview of what that sort of systemic type of uh, paradigm that you create is all about. Yes, and, and talking about system systematic change and looking at the approaches that we can consider, as you mentioned, I, I mentioned the book The Fifth Discipline, and, it, and this chapter is really just in basic entry-level and introductory course to some of these models, and I encourage all the listeners to to grab a copy of the book and, and dig deeper into your own personal research. But when we talk about systems change uh, in the fifth discipline and we look at that type of approach, we're, we're just talking about that deep and persistent commitment to real learning. And, and one of the things in, in my own life that uh, when it comes to dealing with change, I think learning to change is one of the biggest parts of it and 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 changes connected to the system and to a system's thinking and and all of this actually starts with developing that vision and so when we when we talk about principles for being successful with change I mean, one of the first things that i like to talk about is is the principle of having that vision and i you know i think i hear that um mimicked a lot with entrepreneurs and solopreneurs, people that realize that they need a vision that revolves around a collaboration or a team. And I like what you said when, when you said learning to change. I think a lot of people think that change happens to them and then they react, or as Charles, uh, or as Charles Darwin would say, you learn to only adapt. So it's, you know, like you said, the, uh, the strongest and the smartest aren't necessarily the ones that survive, but the ones that adapt. But even deeper than that is actually learning how to adapt or learning to change. So could you speak on that for a moment about how people can actually create that within themselves to learn how to change so that change isn't this fear thing that you just have to react to? Yes, and I, I think that is a really nice lead-in to actually some of the principles that I share in Book 8, which talks about uh, vi- having a vision and 
and focus. And one of my favorite ones is courage because when we're facing changes and especially when we're facing changes that, um, for this example, this move, a, a big change of moving across the country and making new friends, and uh, it takes courage. And, and then next we have the choice. So are we are we going to choose to jump in and endorse the change? Are we going to be a resistor or perhaps even sit on the fence because we're not sure which way to go? And and then along with that, um, if if the change lines up with your values, and I think um, Rich and Lawrence, you both talked about the values a lot on Monday when when you were presenting your bankroll your mind uh, seminar, and and then lastly, empathy and passion. So do are we are we empathetic to um, the situation and, and passionate about it? And I think it, the easiest changes for me personally have been when I've been so passionate about it. It's quite easy to jump in there and, and make that change. And but then also um, there's there's still the emotional that goes along with that. And and I talk about this a little bit with William Bridges' model. And and really we think that it's the beginning that is the change that we're fearing, but it's actually ending. And so we have to start with the ending and then go into this neutral zone area where all the transition takes place and then go into the new beginning. So for me, I had to kind of end some things in West Virginia, and then I, I was in that neutral zone where where the change was the most stressful, actually, and that's packing a home and getting movers and bringing belongings across the country to Texas. And so that um, transition in that neutral zone is is important to be aware of and some people stay in that neutral zone longer than others and so if we can identify that we've got to end it and you know this is move into the neutral zone and and quickly move into the new beginning and that's easier said than done sometimes i think we all can agree on this <laughs> oh 100 um i'm gonna let rich jump in but i have something to say about that um when you say that that fear sometimes is, is not the fear of the beginning but of the end i think that what we don't necessarily recognize all the time is that everything in our life, every day, all day long, something ends and something begins. And when we can get familiar with moving from endings to beginnings, it tends to to be a little easier for us to accept that the change is nothing more than a transition, like you said, to something else. Mm-hmm. And I think even Lao Tzu said it, you know, 2,500 years ago or 5,000 years ago. I don't remember how old he was, (laughs) but he said when a door opens, a door has to shut. And if you could look every day at your life, it's nothing more than a cycle of beginnings and endings. You know, you start brushing your teeth, you end brushing your teeth, you start putting on your clothes, you finish putting on your clothes. And so it's part of a natural cycle. So how, can you give people or what kind of advice would you give to someone to learn how to better facilitate that transitional period? I think that identifying what the obstacles are, Lawrence, to to the change, because the obstacles are what's holding us up and, and they, they take our energy, they, they take our resources. And so if we identify what that obstacle is to wanting to make that change, then then perhaps we're on the track then to figure out that solution. So by removing the obstacle to change, then we can move forward and and achieve wins. Awesome. And And one of the things things that I love love so much much about about you you is your your passion. passion. 
I'm getting I'm feedback. Getting feedback. You getting you feedback? feedback? No. We're doing good on my end. Okay. Okay. It must, it be, must one be one of our, our issues. issues. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, um, the one, the thing, one thing I love, I love about you is, like I was saying, your passion. I think, yeah, I think, um, I think we just lost Lawrence. I'm sorry. We'll, we'll get him back in a second. Oh my goodness. We keep having these technical difficulties. I don't understand what is going on. We need a, Hey, radio land. We need a producer out there. That's going to help us out out here. But um, I guess that's what happens when, you know, uh, the one thing about blog talk radio is it is an amateur platform and it, it makes it easy for people that aren't necessarily podcasters to do. And then sometimes when you get these uh, issues, the people that are amateur podcasters don't know how to fix things. So um, we got them back. But um, like I was saying, Valerie, the one thing that I love about you is your passion. Now, just a, a little background, you and I connected a couple months ago on the Changebook Facebook group. And since then, you know, we, we had our phone call a couple weeks ago or a couple, maybe it was even like a month or two ago. I mean, mm-hmm. I think we chatted for like half an hour to an hour. We're going back and forth, having a grand old time. Uh, you and I have been, you know, we've become really good friends, text messaging each other, supporting each other, things like that. And it was um, it was awesome getting to meet you face to face. And you really get that bond with someone. And it was thank you so much for coming on Monday. It was just great getting a chance to to meet you personally and for those listeners who haven't had that opportunity yet to meet you and connect with you personally let's dive in a little bit about who you are as a person now i did uh i fumbled over that philanthropreneur earlier in my bio that's a a little bit of a tongue twister but let's let's dive into you as a person and what you do as far as philanthropy and and your your goal as as a coach and a speaker and trainer. Thank you so much for asking this question, Rich. I, I love uh, to talk about the work that we're launching. Actually, as far as the philanthropy with um, my company, Executive Training Centers, we've we're launching a second brand. And and how this came about is I was at the International Society for Performance Improvement Conference in Philadelphia this year, and that. That society focuses on performance improvement. We've got uh, members in the society from the U.S. Coast Guard, from Boeing, from McDonald University, and then we also have uh, universities represented. And all of these people in the society are passionate about performance improvement and bringing that to their organizations. And one of the things that these consultants do is a pro bono project in the conference city. And this year our conference happened to be in Philadelphia. So prior to the conference, uh, several performance consultants got together and went to the Settlement Music School and did some consulting work there. And we go in with the idea that we're not there to help a nonprofit. We're not trying to fix the nonprofit. We're trying to help nonprofits just be better at what they're already doing good. And the Settlement Music School is an amazing place. They've been around for about 108 years now, and they've graduated 
students such as Albert Einstein, Kevin Beacon, and several others. And originally, when they started 100 years ago, it was to bring immigrant children into the society through the uh, through music. And since that, they've grown into six branches, and they are now serving students from six years old to 90 years old. And so, anyway, we worked with wow. Helen, the director there, and she said her only regret was that she didn't agree to start working with our consultants sooner because, you know, they, they're, they're funded. They, they are fun, funded with a couple million dollars to help the students that go there. And, and there's um, a, a dilemma, like, if we're coming in there to fix something, maybe their funding, it might jeopardize their funding. But uh, then they realized we're not there to fix anything, just help them be better, and be better matters to us. So anyway, as a result of the awesome feedback, she did a presentation at our conference. Uh, I was talking with the board of directors for the International Society for Performance Improvement after the conference, and, and I said, you know, wouldn't it be great if we could help other nonprofits uh, across the United States with pro bono consulting and they said, yes, it would, but this takes resources. So I said, well, there's nothing I'm more passionate about than performance. And after seeing some uh, one of their students, Dallas, she played a, a song for us during our uh, during our conference and she was 12 years old and she played the beautiful violin and she shared her testimony and I said there's nothing more inspiring than people and so we uh, launched Donate for Change and are in the process now to, and putting our plan together and uh, rolling this out. Uh, the International Society for Performance Improvement is also a Texas-based nonprofit, so we'll, our team will be uh, around Texas looking for people who are interested in supporting the idea of pro, no, pro bono performance improvement consulting for nonprofits. Excellent, excellent. And we'll uh, give a shout-out real quick. Who, who are you looking for? Are you looking for people to volunteer? Are you looking for people to donate? I mean, let's let's give uh, your organization organization some shine and see if we can help you guys out right here on the radio show. Thank you so much, Rich. We are looking for donors who are interested in supporting the idea of helping nonprofits be better. And um, so an example of this might be, let's say you're a donor that's passionate about the March of Dimes. And so, uh, you know, 10 cents on every dollar is supporting the March of Dimes. And and we believe that every organization has an opportunity to be better. Even if you're already great, we can we can even get better. And so what if we can uh, come in there and, and identify some opportunities uh, to tighten up some of the systems? We're back on systems thinking through the way that uh, we approach this, which is very systematic. And, and then that 10 cents becomes worth 60 cents to that organization. So that's an example um, of, of how we – see this working and it would be donors that we're looking for that are interested in supporting the international society for performance improvement to help provide the consulting but then we're also looking for nonprofits, especially in the dallas texas area that might be interested in having our consultants come in and and take a look at those systems and and see if there might be some opportunities to tighten things up a little bit and and help them address what business issues that they might be facing with some solutions that they might not have thought of in the past wow that's awesome, and and best of luck, and hopefully we've got some listeners right now that are extremely interested in in learning more about that and connect with you, connecting with you personally. So, listeners, if you're out there right now, um, we're going to provide you with some contact information 
for Valerie and her organization at the end of the show. Lawrence, do you have any questions, anything that you want to add for Valerie? Yes, definitely. I, I like that you speak about passion and can you give us a story of how passion for you overcame your fear of something? Cause I know, you know, one thing that, that Rich and I have seen or heard when talking to co-authors and, and speaking to people about our book and stuff is that, you know, everybody has fear. Everybody has fear and they don't know how to actually get out of that sense of fear. And when you talk about passion versus fear, can you tell us a, a story of how passion has helped you overcome that fear? Yes, I think this story goes way back, Lawrence, uh, to my earlier days in my 20s, actually, where um, I actually bowled on the Ladies Professional Bowlers Tour in in my youth age. (laughs) And one of the things that I remember was getting ready for my first tournament, which was the $40,000 Hammer Eastern Open in Baltimore, Maryland. And, And I had a wonderful coach, Jim Sturm, who was in Dunbar, West Virginia, Dunbar Lanes. And one of the things we did every Saturday for several years was was uh, practice and he would set up the 10 pin and I would have to before I could leave knock down the 10 pin on all of the lanes in the bowling center and uh, and sometimes I was successful at doing that repetitively and sometimes I was still there for several hours and and I remember how nervous I was getting ready to go to that first tournament. It was a professional tournament. It was my first one. I was going to be up against um, Leala Wagner and some of these, uh, Tish Johnson and some of the the professional bowlers that were in the top five every week and showing up on ESPN. And, and uh, so my coach went back, and I had six bowling balls prepared, ready to go off to this tournament. And he engraved on uh, my bowl, on, the, on the bowling ball for me. He said, i got to put something else on your bowling ball before you, on your bowling balls before you leave and so I'm standing there and he actually engraved um, PMA and and so I kept thinking what is PMA what is PMA and he said I can't believe that you're asking me what PMA is after working with me for 10 years and and I said well I'm just at a block here and he said it's positive mental attitude and that's truly going to determine whether you're successful not only in this tournament that you're going to and being on the tour it's going to determine whether you're successful for the rest of your life and and so that always sticks in my mind and and every time I would uh, get up on the lane then at the tournament and I would look down and get ready to put my fingers in the bowling ball I would see that PMA and I would, I would let those negative thoughts go and just only think positive thoughts about you know the approach to the to the lane and what I had to get done and so I think that's carried over for me in the last almost two decades now <laughs> in my life and and, and even when dealing with change, it's 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 the choice to be positive and, and to stay very focused and have courage. That's excellent. That's excellent. Rich? Yeah, definitely. Um, Valerie, you – now, see, now, normally I would say, and this is absolutely true, you've been dropping – Value bombs. That's what I call them, the value bombs. And and last night, Lawrence was dogging me because he doesn't like he, – he thinks that, that's silly. But you know what? I don't care. Valerie, we love both don't of listen, you, so. Don't, don't listen to Lawrence. Anything he says, it's complete rubbish and nonsense. Uh, but no, Valerie, Val, you know I love you. And you have been dropping – all kinds of value, and, and I loved reading your chapter. If you could give the listeners a insight, a, a golden nugget 
All right. What is something that you can leave them with that they can really take home with them? I think that for the listeners that it's, it's, be committed to a vision and, and have that clear focus. And I know both of you talk about this in your um, bankroll, your mind seminar as well, but, but lead with fire and passion and be committed to your vision and have that focus and, and take risks and make your choices based on your values. And, and while you're making these choices, uh, be empathetic and then let that passion just kick in. And uh, one of my favorite quotes is, nothing great in the world has been accomplished without passion. And, and I think that that's kind of the icing on the cake. So, so vision, clear focus, take risks, make choices based on your values, be empathetic and, and just be passionate and just go get it. Right on. And, and I mean, I can hear it in your voice right now. When you speak, you certainly speak with passion. And Lawrence and I had the honor of meeting you on Monday. And, you know, you and I have talked on the phone a few times. And, and just being in your presence, I can tell, and I'm sure the listeners can tell right now just listening to you, that you're someone that speaks with passion. You're someone that really wants to create that change and help others, whether it's with your nonprofit work or whether it's, you know, in your, in your businesses. And I know you've got multiple businesses right now. So I would encourage any out, any listener out there to that wants to connect with you to certainly connect. And your website is www.executivetrainingcenters.com. And you also have your other website with your name, right? It's www.valeriebernard.com. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. And we are making some changes and, and we're going to be launching the new <laughs> website in three weeks, but it's up there. You can see the landing page and, and uh, you'll see some new and exciting things coming in about the next three weeks. Yes. And I know you've got some new and exciting things. I know you're going to be doing some traveling, right? You want to throw out some, some spots where people are going to find you in the next couple of weeks or months? Yes, and actually Friday I'll be headed out to Los Angeles and then um, returning back and in June I'm going to be going to Tbilisi, Georgia uh, in between Russia and Turkey to do some work there with USAID and then headed over to Bonn, Germany and, and then back to the U.S. again. So we've got some trips planned. Wow. And I'm completely free if you need someone to carry your bags. <laughs> Thank you so much, to, Lawrence. To tag <laughs> Thank along. <you> for this. <laughs> I love that passionate response. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and, and I want to make sorry, sure, too, Rich, Rich that we um, – I, I don't want to get ahead of you, but I, I don't want to forget the free gift that we've got for yes, our listeners today yes. either. I was just going to hit on that. So, listeners – Listen up right now. Grab a pen, grab a piece of paper, and what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to connect with Valerie ASAP because she's got one gift um, that's going to be going out. So, Valerie, tell them about – because when when you messaged me about this gift, I was like, man, I want that gift. You know? <laughs> but tell, <laughs> tell, tell them what they can get when they contact you. So what we're giving away today to a listener is a 
a pathway planner assessment. So maybe you're listening in and you're at a place in your life where you say, I'm really not living my purpose. I'm not living my passion. I'm kind of stuck where I am. I don't know which direction to go. And you're making, you, you're facing that type of change. And through that transition, um, we at Executive Training Centers would like to help you. So we're offering a pathway planner assessment, which is valued at $300. Um, and it will be a gift. And the pathway planner actually looks at thinking, behavior, and motivation of this uh, of a particular person, and then it lines it up with career opportunities. And so oftentimes someone will take this assessment and then they'll say, I didn't know I could be this, or I didn't know, I had never thought about that. Or they say, I always wanted to do that, and now they see it in writing that their thinking, their behavior, what they're motivated about is actually a career opportunity for them. And then after the assessment is completed, it takes about an hour, and you do this online, and I get this beautiful 30-page report. Then there's a a one-hour coaching session that's valued at $300 that I'd like to also add to that to review the results of the assessment and, and discuss opportunities for making this change in your life. So that's the Pathway Planner. And then I'm going to throw in so – I'm having so much fun, Rich and Lawrence. I'm going to throw in an, another assessment today. So we'll also offer a Profile XT, which is an assessment that also looks at thinking, behavior, and motivation and, and helps an individual understand who they are at an even um, – greater level because we're we're not just looking at behavior and we're not just you know trying to decide if we're a particular personality type but we go a lot deeper into thinking patterns as well and so i'd like to offer that as a gift as well so we've got two um, opportunities for two assessments and two coaching sessions that's awesome wow are we that's eligible awesome. for and- that or, no, or, I was just I was just going to say, make sure you filter <laughs> out, and I'm going to, Valerie, I'm going to send you a list of uh, Lawrence's known aliases, that way, <laughs> that's <just> great, <laughs> so, and real quick, how, how, <laughs> how can that lucky person get in touch with you, you want them to go directly to executivetrainingcenters.com, is it the um, ValerieBernard.com. Is it your preferred email? How can they uh, get in touch with you to uh, potentially get get those gifts? Get those gifts. Well, how about how- two ways? How about we'll do an email at Valerie at ValerieBernard.com. So Valerie at ValerieBernard.com. And then if you would like to send me a text message, you can do that as well at three zero four. Excellent. Excellent. So if you're listening and that sounds like something that is going to benefit you because I know that it is, then make sure you email Valerie today. Don't wait for lunchtime. Don't wait for dinner time. Don't think about it. Don't walk around the park thinking about it. You want to contact her right now because it's only one person is going to get that. Um, she's traveling. She's got things, you know, and, and here's, that's, an, that's an amazing series of gifts for one lucky person. And I would encourage listeners to continue to reach out to Valerie. Um, go to her website, executivetrainingcenters.com, and learn more about what she's doing. Go to her website, valeriebernard.com, and connect with her on social media. And, you know, really, and if you're looking for a speaker, 
I know someone awesome, Valerie Bernard. So make sure you connect with her. She's traveling the world. She's making great change. She's authoring books and she's someone that's certainly going to help out your organization. So Valerie, once again, thank you so much for hanging out with, with us on the change book radio show. It was a joy meeting you personally on Monday and it was a blast uh, talking with you right now and joking and, and just allowing the listeners to learn more about you as a person and as a professional. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Rich. And thank you, Lawrence. Well, thank you, Valerie. So ladies and gentlemen, once again, you've been listening to Valerie Bernard. She's in the change book six, seven, and eight. And we're discussing her book, the biggest game changer. So make sure you connect with her on her website, which we just shouted out. And in a moment, we're going to bring in our next guest. So Valerie, thanks so much. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Okay. Bye-bye. 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 All right, Lawrence, you there? I am, sir. Awesome. Well, I mean, we had a great conversation with Valerie on Monday and another one today. I'm I'm excited and and I'm uh excited for that person that's going to uh I don't know if you would say win, but claim that awesome gift. So, we do appreciate her generosity. And we're going to take a quick commercial break. And in a moment, we're going to bring in our next guest, Cheryl Jennings. We had her on the show. We tried to have her on the show a few weeks ago. Unfortunately, we've been having those technical difficulties. We believe we have them resolved. She's on the phone line. And we are going to bring her in to the Change Book Radio show in less than a minute. So, Stay tuned. We're going to go to a quick commercial break, and we'll talk to you in just a moment. Hey, friends. Rich Perry here, and I want to thank you for making the time to listen today. Lawrence Pipkin and I are honored to be a part of this amazing global community founded by Jim Britt and Jim Lutz, and we're proud to serve you, our listeners, as the host of the Change Book Radio Show. We know you're interested in personal development. That's why you're listening today, and you can count on us to deliver a premium platform for the many co-authors from around the globe to share their unique insights, stories, and strategies that will inspire you to create marvelous changes in your own life. Remember to join the Change Book public Facebook group and connect personally with your favorite co-authors. And if you've benefited from listening to this show, then we want to hear from you. Go to iTunes and leave a written review and the star rating you feel the Change Book Radio Show deserves. And please share this show with your friends. And as a loyal listener, we have a special gift for you. Go to our website, vortexmastermind.com, and download our free trainings that will show you how to bankroll your mind for success. Each training module provides exercises that you can apply in your business and life to start seeing your own fantastic results. On behalf of Lawrence Pipkin and myself, Rich Perry, thanks and be excellent. Now, back to the Change Book Radio Show. 
Hey everybody, what's going on? Rich Perry here, and I'm joined by the man, the myth, the legend, the noisemaker, Lawrence Pipkin. Lawrence, what's going on? You there? Oh wait, I'm the noisemaker. Sorry, I was trying to be <laughs> You sounded a little despondent when you uh, said, and "I'm joined by Lawrence again." <laughs> That's what happens, folks, when you spend uh, three weeks with me. It gets a little overwhelming. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. For those that don't know, you know that I am from Pennsylvania, but I've been spending the month of May in, well, outside of Austin, Texas, hanging out with my good friend Lawrence Pipkin as we have scheduled a bunch of seminars and um, we attended a small uh, small business festival and now we're currently well we're finishing up our our book together so it's been a it's been an exciting two and a half weeks we've got another week and a half left and um it's been it's been a wild ride it's been a wild ride it's been awesome, and it's been awesome. definitely and we are pleased to <clears throat> welcome back Cheryl Jennings, who we had, we tried to have on the show a few weeks ago. Like I said, we've, we've been having some technical difficulties. Not sure why we're just amateurs at this, ladies and gentlemen, we're just amateurs. And, um, you know, it's, it's a learning experience for all of us. So we have her on the line. I'm going to intro with a quick, with the bio, and then we're going to bring her into this show. Cheryl is, a co-author in book five. I know some people who are also in book five and her chapter is repurpose your life. Don't retire. Cheryl Jennings is the co-author of an international bestseller and global radio host of a show designed to support and encourage caregivers who become stressed and overwhelmed while caring for family members with special needs. She's the executive director of the Public Speakers Association for Lawton, Oklahoma. She's also a member of the National Association of Professional Women and the National Organization for Professional Executives. She is the CEO and founder of Cheryl Jennings Consulting. And we're pleased to welcome Cheryl back to the show for a long-awaited interview. So, Cheryl, thank you so much for just being an awesome person and for being patient with uh, all the glitches that we, all the glitches in the matrix that we've been having. But we're so happy to finally have you here on the radio show. So, Cheryl, thank you and thank you. say hello to the listeners. <laughs> Hi, and I'm so glad to get on too. It's- I understand the glitches, though, with technology because being a radio host life on Monday nights, we've had our share of them, too, and that's with a, somebody in New York that's supposed to be controlling it, not just blog talk. <laughs> oh, so wow. it happens. Definitely. Well, it happens, folks. It happens, and we, we appreciate your patience. And, you know, the numbers are still good from listeners, so you know they want the – they want the content. They want the interviews. So we appreciate our loyal listeners that are willing to bear the glitches so they can learn more about the co-authors from around the globe. And speaking of learning, 
let's learn a little bit more about you, Cheryl. You're in book five. Your chapter is Repurpose Your Life, Don't Retire. And for the listeners who maybe haven't had a chance to pick up book five yet, or they haven't had a chance to uh, read your chapter, go ahead and tell us a little bit about your chapter, and we can dive a little bit deeper about your purpose and what you're doing right now. Okay, thank you for asking. And the first book that I was in, I wrote about a journey of a lifetime, having a son with cerebral palsy. And that book became an international best-selling book overnight. And international, it was number one on Amazon, number one on on uh, Kindle. And that is one of the reasons I think that Jim Britt and Jim Lutz called and asked me to participate. And I thought, well, I want to write about something different. And in our family, my husband had just uh, stepped down from being a full-time minister. And for the year before that, I decided, what would I want to do if I could do anything I, you know, that I have not been able to do in the past few years? And I used to travel all over the United States speaking a lot and got my degree in communications at Sam Houston State University back in 92 after I'd had children. And while I was back in school, they asked me if I would work on a a video that would be produced for television that would talk about where communication breaks down with families with special needs children. And so my life keeps going back direction again and again. And I thought, you know, if we're going to be able to do whatever we want to, that is something that other people need to learn. You know, the changes we go through in life or like you've already been talking about, that's all life is, is one change after the other. And when you get to the point where you can stop a full-time job, it's going to bring about a lot of changes in your life. Some you really, you miss, but others you get the opportunity to do a lot of things that you never had time for. So I just encourage people to find something that you're passionate about, and when you have an opportunity, jump right in and get involved in helping other people. And I basically have had a whole turnaround in the last year of my life, and I am running all over the country, speaking, gone out of the country, and I've been writing. I've been in four books now, and they were all by invitation, and now I'm working on two more plus one that I'm doing with a lot of people that I've met who have gone through a a difficult challenge but have found courage to do it when they've had special needs children. So my life is all about wherever you are in life, just make it the best. Don't stop. Don't think I'm too old. And I think a lot of young people think, oh, y'all are really old to be doing all this, and yet people watch us and they have laughed and said, y'all act like you're teenagers. (laughs) And it's kind of fun. (laughs) Here we are. We're going to celebrate our 50th anniversary in August. And our son will be 46 in September, and he has never walked. He's never been able to do a lot of talking, and yet we know he understands a lot. So our life has been full of changes, and that's part of what my passion, passionate pursuit is now in life. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you said it before, and I, I, I want to just take a moment to reemphasize, because as, 
as someone in the spotlight, I'm sure you get the question a lot, but I think a lot of people have this idea that once you reach a certain age, it's too late to change, you know, well, I've, I've done X for so many years, or I've been in this relationship, or I've been in this job, or I've been living in this place, whatever, for how many years, it's too late to do something new, it's too late to change. And I love the fact that in your chapter, you, you, you say it doesn't matter, like you're never too old to change age doesn't matter and where you are in life it doesn't matter and is is that something that you come across a lot people that have that idea that it's too late for them that they they don't have it anymore or they just like what do you normally do when someone tells you that well it this is something that i believe people get in their minds when they're young you know, if you think back in your own life, when you looked at somebody that was 30 or 40 and you were still a teenager, you thought they were over the hill. And then when you get a little older, the age of getting old moves as you get older. But what I've seen is that so <laughs> yeah. many people either wanted to retire or they were forced to retire. And when they did, they kind of lost hope. They get depressed and they think, I don't know what else I can do instead of learning something. You know, life is just full of so many opportunities, and life is changing very, very fast with technology. And for a few years, I worked as a realtor to put my youngest daughter through a Christian college that was going to cost a lot, and then it was to keep health care. And I just I had to force myself. It wasn't a forcing in a bad way, but I just took on a challenge that I was going to learn things. And I started off with the real estate thinking, oh, yeah, I passed the test the first time, and a lot of people didn't. And then I was like, okay, what's next? What other education can I go through? And I just constantly became aware of new classes, new designations, and it wasn't to get all the alphabet behind my name, which I did manage to get a lot behind there, but it was because I saw people as people I would want to, to be treated like I, w- I was going to treat them like I wanted to be treated, not like others had treated me in the past. When I was trying to sell a house, I didn't think they did much for me. I didn't think they cared. And so I was determined that whoever I worked with, I was going to be the best I could be for them and try to learn as much as I could about their situation, what opportunities were out there for them. And I volunteered a lot out at Fort Sill, which is right here in Lawton, Oklahoma, and I was over the volunteer realtors organization for a couple of years, but I went out there to help young people coming back that were in the military, and a lot of them had really messed up their credit. So I would say, okay, well, let me take you over here. Let's figure out what you need to do so that one day you'll be able to buy a house. And I never, I even talked some people out of it, but my purpose was always to be as helpful as I could and to try to treat them with kindness and with love. And I guess I did because I've got people that have called me now many years after I worked with them and still want to reconnect and been doing real estate for about five years now. But I loved it. I loved the challenge. And my brokers would laugh because I would come in the morning, 8 o'clock, run into the building, 
in a hurry, go grab papers to go show houses. And I wouldn't stop until sometimes 8 o'clock at night. And I was running like crazy. And they would say, Cheryl, you run faster than most young people. And I, I always had a desire to do things. And having a son that had special needs taught us to look for small things, look for the small celebrations in life, and to learn to not just look for big opportunities, but to try to see what's out there, what's different. And now that I've been, uh, my husband's been retired, I've never done so much work in all my life as I've done because I'm loving it. I'm learning technology. I I know how to blab. I know how to do periscopes. I know how to do a lot of these collaboration circles. I'm in virtual summits, and I've had a lot of interviews. I interview other people, and it's just been amazing because you find people need help, and they don't know where to go, and you're finding Mm -hmm. that with your show, I bet. Absolutely, absolutely. Um. Lawrence, did you have any questions for for Cheryl? You're kind of quiet over there. You know, I I called you the noisy one, but I was just kidding with you. Oh, no worries, no worries. Um, yeah, some a couple things, Cheryl, really intrigued me. And a lot of times when I see people retiring, they they retire and they I, I don't I don't want to compare people to animals, but I'm going to anyway. It's kind <laughs> of like a dog. And when a dog gets a certain age, it starts lying around and not doing much of anything, and then then it dies. My sister lives on a ranch, and she has a lot of dogs. She has great Pyrenees and these really big dogs that don't generally live, you know, past 10 or so. Yet her dogs can constantly live to like 14 or 15 years old, and they're working the entire time. And I think when we're looking at things like IQ and cognitive development. People just assume that your cognitive development declines with age. And I think mostly it's because of activity levels and stopping um, learning and not trying new things and not engaging. Uh, Your brain is a muscle and if it's not used, of course it's going to start going away in atrophy. So I think that when you say, you know, get out there and learn something new, you can blab. Now, I don't even know what blab is, so I've got something to learn. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yay, I can teach you something. <laughs> exactly. And I think that if we always have that mindset of there's always something for us to learn and we, we actively seek that out, um, our intelligence doesn't wane. Um, even people with special needs, the more stimulation that they have, the better off they are. And I know that you know that firsthand. So... Absolutely. From your life, what kind of what kind of information can you give to you know just the average listener like myself that will show them that even though society or your own mind tries to place limitations on you, what you need to do to overcome that? Well, I I think that's a great question, and I agree with you. I think that. Sitting down and doing nothing is going to cause our body to start declining, shutting down. You know, it's, it's like you said, it's like a muscle. You just, if you don't use it, you lose it. And when my husband got close to retirement, he told the doctor he was going to be retiring. And it's, the doctor looked at him and said, you do that and don't do anything, you're going to die. 
And, you know, when he told me, we kind of laughed because, man, we had a lot planned to do. And last year, for instance, we even took a 10-week trip and we drove across from Oklahoma to California. We got on a cruise ship. We went to Alaska. We stayed in a lot of places and went up the coast through Oregon, Washington, and then we went over. We had never gotten to see Yellowstone or the Grand Tetons. And we went through so many places that we'd always wanted to go. And everywhere we'd go, we'd meet people that were just, it was so interesting to meet them and learn a little bit about how different our country is. You know, I just, my husband loves to study. He loves history. And when we're planning a trip, for instance, he will study about where we're going. We'll know what to do when we get there. And a lot of people just show up somewhere and they think, oh, I didn't enjoy it. But they didn't plan for it. And I think life is kind of like that. If you don't plan for it and you just let it happen, you're just going to drift along. You don't have a design in your life. You don't have a purpose that helps you decide what is important in your life. What do you want to do? And then set some goals to achieve those things. And I just, I believe that with our son, he was so limited as a baby. He could not hold his head up for several years. He couldn't sit up even propped up. And we held him a lot. And we cuddled him a lot. And, I mean, he loved his mother and his dad so much because we hugged on him and kissed on him a lot. And I see a lot of families that when they go through a difficult time, they get mad at each other and they split up and they think everything's going to be better now. And not, it's not. It, they have so many more problems. And if you have a special needs child to take care of, one parent ends up with more responsibility of caring for the child as well as having to take care of everything else it takes to live. And I've seen how high the, the divorce rate is with children when they have children with special needs. So I am out there on the radio every week trying to help people hold together. Let's learn how we can help you to make better decisions, find out what some causes are. In fact, let me give you just a little acronym that I try to help people with. When I'm talking to them about what they can do when they have a problem that they need to deal with, and it relates to having a parent to care for or if you have a special need or if it's just you and you don't know where to go, first thing is with a B, and it's boldness. You've got to become bold. You cannot sit around, like you said, the dog just lying in a corner or somebody that just retires and sits around. You've got to become bold. And then L is to learn to live one day at a time. You know, Dale Carnegie said that, we need to live in daytime compartments. And the Bible says to learn to live one day at a time. It, life is but a vapor. And you know how fast life is going. And I, it's true. And we don't need to be sitting there looking backward all the time and thinking, why me, Lord? Why did this happen to me? And whine around about what happened. Okay, it happened. I understand. Our son lacked oxygen at birth. The doctor never told us. There were things that, that were wrong. But you know what? I can't fix that. I have to go on and say, okay, what difference will it make in my life? Well, the next thing is attitude. And I believe that you either let your problems become, make you bitter or better. And I've seen both. I've seen when people get to a hard place in life that they just get negative 
and people hate being around them because they are just they drag you down. You know that you just can't stand that negativity. But if you'll take the challenges that come in life and really realize that there are opportunities for growth and to see them as, okay, what can I say that I can be thankful for even though everything looks so bad? There'll be something out there. So your attitude to learn to let whatever has happened to you make you a better, stronger person, and now you are prepared to help someone else with the same challenge that you face, you're the one that will be best to help them. The next thing is knowledge. Nobody will come and tell you, not as a parent of a, if the doctor comes in and gives you a diagnosis, they hardly ever give you any information. In fact, a lot of times they'll say, I never studied that in school. So it's up to you to get the knowledge that you need in order to make the changes that you have to, to make in life. And then to get out there and have engage with others, the E, engage with others, find support groups. If you don't find one and you can't leave home, I'm helping people connect on my line, on my site called Courage to Overcome Club. People have gone through some kind of a problem, they're challenged, they're stuck. You can sign up. You already belong in my club. You just need to sign up. And when they do, one of my free gifts is that I give them a PDF that I worked on that they can download, and it talks about the top 10 problems families face when they have special people to care for. And it could be your parents or it could be your child, that you have certain problems that people say, this is common, I've gone through this, I'm lonely, I don't have anybody to talk to. People judge me when I'm out in public. You know, you know me time, you don't take care of yourself, your own health. And so I've put together some tips to go with that so that people can actually change, make a difference. And with these five things I just shared, I spelled my son's name, Blake, B-L-A-K-E. So it's boldness, live one day at a time, your attitude, knowledge, and then engage with others. Isn't that cool? I use my son for so many things. He's so wonderful. I really like it. And I thought I was... I thought I was writing something wrong. I was going to say, I think I missed something because I, am I supposed to be spelling Blake? So that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is. And um, go ahead. I'm sorry. Please. Well, I was just going to say a few years ago, he was, uh, my health broke down early because I didn't know how to take care of myself as a parent, having to do a lot of lifting and everything. So. Anyway, we've had to depend on services to try to get care for him. And a few years ago, he was in a group home where we got a call one day. And they told us they had to call us by law to tell us that he had been assaulted by someone who took care of him. I cannot begin to tell you the grief that we had and the anger and the just not, I mean, just totally cannot put it into words. You can't understand how anybody could do that to someone who's totally helpless. And then they started changing the story when they went to the doctor a few days later. And so I made a decision he was going to move. And I packed up my car and I went to Texas because he has to stay in the Texas system. And I found a family that is helping us to take care of him now. And they are just the most incredible young family they have three children of their own, and Blake lives in their home. We go back and forth to see him all the time. They come to see us. 
they take him to ball games. He loves sports, and he loves the Texas Rangers because they've been able to take him to games there, and he can see that uh, team all the time. And one of the most exciting things was this last few days, he got to meet the owner of the Texas Rangers. <laughs> I'm just so oh, wow. excited for him. You know, a lot of people would like to do that. <laughs> right. Well, that's and – and I think that you have an amazing story because when you can take all the important parts of your life to turn them around, to not only just – make you have an understanding of who you are and what you've been through, but to actually give that to somebody else in hopes of creating a better life for them. That's what we're really here for. I think that the, my favorite quote that you've given us today is life. Don't just show up. And it speaks directly to me. And, and and I want to, I want to thank you for that because just you never know who you're going to touch by the things that you say and i know that in your in your chapter you talk about you know the power of your words and the power of your thoughts and to be cognizant of those things and i don't think that we necessarily do all the time and we don't know oh i agree with you on we that. don't know what you they're know, going to get well and so many times we see somebody that's kind of like what we think is a hero they don't always turn out to be such great people, though. But I tell people, don't try to be somebody else. You just you be the best you you can be. And your mind is where it starts. Whatever you think about is what you become. And I know people call it law of attraction, and the Bible just said, whatsoever a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And I believe it's true. You know, if you dwell on the negative things, and you know 87% of what we hear is negative in our world. Only 13% is positive, and yet it takes five or six times of saying a positive statement to overcome one negative thing. So it's a challenge. It's a mindset of saying, I will change my mind. I will make a difference. I will make the changes that are necessary. And years ago, I started trying to help people when I I substituted when we lived in Fort Worth and there were young kids that were in the class and some of them didn't want to do things and they'd act like they couldn't do something. So um, I would plan a day that I would take in some artwork because our son has actually helped decorate 14 Southern Dental Clinics in Houston. Texas A&M recognized him as a special artist and he's got artwork at University of, uh, in Seattle, the medical school. And he's got it all over the place. But I try to help these kids understand, okay, you think you can't do anything. And then I describe, okay, here are some pictures. Do you like them? Well, guess what? The little boy that did this, he couldn't use but one hand. And he had to use a house paintbrush. And I would describe but not tell him it was my son. I said, if he can do that, do you think maybe you could do a little bit more and try to help them to learn to reach for stars? Reach for the highest thing that you can think of. I had a really, really good friend that would always talk to her kids, and uh, she's passed away now, but she would teach her students to rise above vanilla. I love that. And uh, another way of saying is rete, you know, just reach for the stars. Do something that people don't expect and just watch, you know, what happens. You know, truly, the only people that like change are wet babies, right? 
<laughs> I think we just need to get over it. It's going to be different. It's going to change. And don't think it's always got to be like it always was because it will not be that way. And you'll just be a disappointed person if you do that. I love it. I love it. I hope everyone is listening because this is just, this is golden. So thank you. Thank you for all of these oh, words. Oh, you're so sweet. And, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna have to use that. Uh, that changed one one time. That was a good one. I got a giggle out of that. <laughs> About well, the babies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Perfect. <laughs> it fits our uh, stories, doesn't it? It does. Oh, With definitely. The, the change books. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> well, I have and, really loved being able to help other people to see that they can make a difference. They don't have to stay stuck. And I think that's what happens to a lot of people because we tell them, no, you can't do that. No, you're you're not smart enough. You're not, you can't do that. You don't have enough money. You can't do that. And, and all they hear is no so much when, when they're smaller kids that pretty soon they walk away believing that they can't do something. And if we can just change that to help people see their strengths, have you ever noticed how so many times people say, write down your strengths and your weaknesses? Okay, mm-hmm. now what are you weak at? Let's work on those. Why do you think we do that? Why not say, oh, I'm really good at this, so I need to do it. And one right. of the things that I have loved is that when New York called and asked me to do this radio program, they said it's because autism is growing so fast. And I just was so excited that they wanted me to do this program. And I, I want to talk to Valerie because this is something I need to find some sponsors so we can keep going because I'm finding out all kinds of things from families who've had autistic children, what they learned that could make a difference in their lives. I've talked to uh, neuropharmacologists. I've talked to coaches. I've talked to people in Canada who started the program. I've got people in Guatemala and Australia that I can interview. And I'm finding people all over the world that have got a story. And I love, my whole thing is to say, you need to have courage to overcome whatever challenge it is. So the title of my webpage is Courage and the number two, overcome.com, but it's courage to spelled out, courage to overcome.club if they want to get the free PDF. But I am trying to find stories of people who've had so much courage to overcome a huge challenge in life because that gives other people hope. If they can do it, I can do it. You know, if they've got all this disability, they're walking around with crutches and They've had, uh, they've severed their spine in a football accident, and they were told they'd never walk, and now they are, even if it's 20 years later. Imagine how wonderful that is. And Mm -hmm. we were told when our son was little, put him away and forget you ever had him. I just can't even comprehend anybody saying that to a parent. But I've heard other parents come along and say they're still being told some of those things. And to me, it's like you've never given them a chance. And these children who are special are really special in lots of ways, and they can teach us the kindness and the courage and learning how to not see challenges as really hard. It's just 
okay, I'll have to learn to do this. And they have such sweet attitudes so many times. And we can learn a lot from them. Mm-hmm. You know, I know, Cheryl. Yes. You got it, Rich. Or I just want to say, uh, Cheryl, when, when you're talking about people overcoming and the challenge to overcome, when I'm listening to you, you don't have any disabilities. You don't have any of these any of these physical things, tangible things that you can look at and say, this is what I need to overcome. Yet you had the courage to overcome and you had the urge to the courage to overcome internally. And so just because somebody out there doesn't have something that they can point to and say, this is what I need to overcome. There's still that ability for them to learn and for them to overcome themselves, whether it be the fear of doing something or whether it be continuing to look backward have the courage to overcome that and look forward, have the courage to collaborate and reach out and have your life touched and touch other people's lives in a variety of ways. So what you're saying is even bigger than just working with people with physical challenges, because we all have a mental challenge. And if we can have the courage to overcome that, I think the world will be right in your back pocket. And I, and that's where I see you going. I, it's exciting. Well, and you know, one of one of the things I want to mention too along that line, Lawrence, is that you know our world is changing so fast. So many jobs are disappearing, but what do people do? So many of them are going on unemployment, and they're sitting and waiting for somebody to knock on their door and say, "Hey, I have a job for you." That is bad. People need to learn. There's a new way to work, and that's to be an entrepreneur, to be able to do your have your own and. And anybody can do it. Anybody can start some kind of a, uh, a work-from-home program where you can do something. If it's mowing yards, if it's going and helping older people, if it's doing, uh, you know, just odd jobs, taking people to doctor's appointments or doing something, volunteer. Don't sit home and wait for people to knock on your door with a check. We've got to get over this. We're going to be running out of money caring for so many people. And who needs it the most? the people who absolutely cannot take care of themselves. And yet we've got people that sit and wait when they lose a job because they think another job like what they had is going to come along, and it isn't. Our technology is changing our world so fast that they're saying that a lot of the jobs are totally disappearing that we used to have, and we've got to learn how to reach out, learn something on the Internet, and learn how to do something where we're on our own. Because entrepreneurs are the people who say, I think I can do it, I think I can do it, until you do something. And they're the game changers for our future, I believe. And you guys are that too. I mean, what you're doing, being on the radio and the the work that you do and helping people learn how to bankroll their mind. I mean, those are things that are game changers. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate what you're doing. Oh, well, thank you. And um, I did want to share one thing with you, Cheryl. We're, we, we are um, closing up on our time. We, are, we have to wrap it up in just a moment. But I did want to share this with you because I think it'll be helpful. And um, just to go on what you said a moment ago. So in a former life, before I began my coaching practice and well before I met uh, Lawrence, I was working in children's mental and behavioral health. And for the first two or three years, I was working with kids that had 
um, behavior issues, you know, uh, like conduct disorder, um, ADHD, all, all that stuff, uh, behavior disorders. And, um, later on I transferred over to the autism spectrum and the one little guy that I was working with, I started working with him. Uh, he was two years old or three years old. I, I picked him up in early development and then I carried, I stayed with him for the next. So he was three years old. I stayed with him until he was eight. So I worked with this little guy for uh, five years and I left him in second grade because he no longer. So when I picked him up, he was extremely nonverbal tantrums, extremely violent tantrums. And over the course of even just two years, his behaviors changed for the better. I mean, you don't even recognize this kid anymore. By the time I left him in second grade, he was the most well-behaved child in that classroom. And I don't say that as a testament to my work, but because when the, when you're working, when you have a good treatment team and you've got people that really are on board and helping these children make these positive changes, you know, whatever the disability is, whatever the challenge is, these changes are possible. And, and your work that you're doing, Cheryl, you know, I have a, I have a deep respect for what you're doing because you're a leader. I also have a deep respect because I was in that field, you know, a similar field for a good portion of my young career. So it really resonates with me on a personal level. So I do want to thank you for your work. And let's connect, you and I, let's connect off the radio um, at some point. And it's possible that I may have some people that might want to share some stories with you for what you're doing. And um, if I can lend any connections in that field and, you know, maybe you, I don't know, I'll, I'll have to dig around and talk to some of my old colleagues and some of the therapists that I used to work with and see if they've got some, some stories that they're able to share, um, whether you're speaking with them or the actual person, you know, there's all the, the HIPAA and everything like that. So we'll see what we can sort out and hopefully we can get some, some good stories your way that'll help progress your work and even creating more change and awareness with what you're doing. So uh, let's certainly awesome. connect you and I. Yeah, definitely. And I, I would do want to thank you for, for your inspiration. Now, before we get out of here, go ahead and give a plug to your website or uh, your social media and just ways that people can connect with you after the radio show. All right. My name is Cheryl, C-H-E-R-Y-L-G-I-N-N-I-N-G-S, like a cotton gin, G-I-N-N-I-N-G-S. <laughs> So if you go on my website, you can connect with Cheryl at CherylJennings.com or on Courage to Overcome. And I did want to offer something, too, that if um, anybody is interested in having a discovery session to try to find out what's holding you back, what you're not able to move forward in, even if it's not related to caregiving, I would love to be able to offer that, and that's Two ninety-seven for um, even a half hour, but if you need an hour, I'd be glad to do that. And then, if you'd like the information that I told earlier about the ten top issues that people deal with and some tips, then you can go to that uh, courage to overcome dot club. 
But I look forward to working with you a little bit more, and thank you so much for the opportunity to tell people about how they can make changes. They're never too old. It's all in right. mind. <laughs> and I have a lot of health challenges, so it is not that, you know, I'm, I'm just uh, have no challenge to get over physically, but I do it anyway. It's what will keep me moving, keep me going. Right. Definitely. And you're a leader, and we thank you for the work that you're doing and, and helping, you know, all sorts of people. It doesn't matter where they are in life or, you know, what ability level or, you know, anything like that. You know, you're doing great and amazing work and we're Lawrence and I are blessed that well we get to share the book with you we're all in book five and um you know it's been a real blast talking with you for the last half an hour and you know thank you for your your patience with the technical difficulties we had a few weeks ago it's been wonderful having you on the radio show today Lawrence do you have anything before we get out of here just thank you, thank you, thank you so much. I think there was a reason why it didn't happen a couple of weeks ago, and <laughs> I think that it was a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful show. And uh, it's, I think it's, it's time for people to take notice, stand up, and make a change in their own lives as well as the lives of everyone around them. So I thank you for that inspiration. Thank you. I appreciate it very much. Look forward to seeing uh, you guys on another platform. Definitely. Cheryl, definitely. we're going to – Thank you again, and stay tuned, everybody. Lawrence and I are going to wrap up the show in just a minute. So, Cheryl, thank you so much for being our uh, guest on the Changebook radio show today. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. 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 All right, Lawrence. So we had two awesome interviews today, minimal on the technical difficulties, and we're, we're getting better. We're getting better. I don't know where these difficulties came from, but they're just obstacles, ladies and gentlemen. They're just obstacles that you just need to jump over sometimes, you know, and we could have uh, just as easily sat in a corner crying. Why are things not working? Why are the buttons not buttoning? Why are the, you know, the switch is not switching and things like that. But, you know, that's, hey. Are you, are you getting a little Willy Wonka on us there? <laughs> I, I was going more for Dr. Seuss, but I guess maybe, Uh-oh. you know, I, I wasn't making up words to be more <laughs> Seussian. So maybe I was a little Willy Wonka in that. So, uh, Willy Wonka. <laughs> but you know, I, and these, these are the things that sometimes you have to deal with, you know, and today we had, it doesn't matter whether we had some static or anything like that. We had, Two powerful leaders, um, Valerie Bernard and Cheryl Jennings, talking about what they do respectively to facilitate change, whether it's an organization, whether it's a person, whether it's a top CEO, or whether it's a child with some form of challenge, okay? And these are the people that you can look forward to right here on the Change Book Radio Show because these are the people that Jim Britt and Jim Lutz have recruited to lend and share their insights, their, their uh, stories, their, their strategies, and they're all in the Change Book series. And, you know, we're, we're well into, well, we're past Book 11. We're working on 12. Book 11 should be released pretty soon. And, um, you know, we've got over 200 co-authors from 
over 20 countries around the world. And it's really just a, it, it's an exciting time right now just to hear everyone's stories. And if you're interested in connecting personally with Cheryl or with Valerie or with Deb Crow or Tamara Renee or Asha Mancasco or like, you know, Lawrence and myself or Jim Britt and Jim Lutz, you know, if you're interested in connecting with these people, if you're interested in connecting with us, then you're going to want to hop on to Facebook and join our free public group, the change book, uh, public group on Facebook and, and connect with everybody. All right. All you have to do is do that search, the change book. And, and we're right there. You can join and connect with people. And, um, and that's all I've got other than if you're interested in connecting with Lawrence and I personally, then hop to our website, vortexmastermind.com. We've got some free download, free downloadable trainings for you and check out our webinar as well. Lawrence, what do you have on your closing note? Well, I just want to say, um, you know, based on our interviews today and the fact that it's the Change Book Radio Show, change is all about you having an opportunity to flex a muscle that you haven't used. And when you find out that something is difficult, it just means that you need practice at it. So just like a physical exercise, if you can't get over that wall, it just means you know, you need to work on your leg muscles. You need to work on your upper body. You need to work on your arm strength. So change is nothing more than a way for the physical world to tell you it's time to work on something. It's time to work on something personal. So take what our interviewees said today to heart and realize that, you know, it's not it, – it, life is all about change. So the moment that you become passionate about it, then you'll stop just showing up and stop complaining about how things aren't working or being bitter instead of better, as Cheryl put it. So mm-hmm. you know, there are all these people out here that are willing and, and, and able to connect with you. I mean, just in our change group um, itself, I mean, there are people who are always around, Joe Condrell and Michelle Getsky and um, Sandy Cohen. They're always available uh, whether mm-hmm. it's just a couple minutes online, they're there. So, you know, take advantage of the fact that there is such a strong collaboration of people from around the world ready to help you. Yeah. So don't fear the change. Just jump out there and, and do it, you know. I love what she said, life, don't just show up. Um, I love it. So Absolutely. I had a great day. Yeah, and, and I, uh, I, I want to short on time. Yep, we've got just a few more minutes, and I want to end on this as well. Going, you know, hop piggybacking on what you just said, Lawrence, I want to touch upon, uh, you know, one of the things that you discuss in our seminar, Bankrolling Your Mind, is change is something that is, is done over and over again. You have to practice it, okay? And practice will get you to the mastery level, okay? Don't be one of those people that says, oh, well, I did it once and it didn't work, so I can't do it, or I can't change because I tried it once. No, just keep doing it. If, if it's what works and, you know, you, you, if you're trying to jump over that hurdle, 
and you bang your knee the first time, well, get up and try it again, okay? Jackie Joyner Kersey didn't jump over 20 gazillion hurdles the first time, you know? She just kept doing it. She kept running. She kept jumping. And that's what we're um, – one of the main points with creating and facilitating change is it's a process, and you just have to keep doing it. And you do it over, and you get better at it, and you get better at it. And it's one, one minor victory, and then it leads to two victories and a bigger victory and a bigger triumph and lots of success. Then you're on, you're on top of the mountain finally, you know, but you're not going to scale the mountain on the first day. You just have to keep on taking those steps every day, taking those steps bigger and bigger, bigger and bigger. So that's all I have to say. And... Lawrence, if you don't have anything else, then we can wrap it up. I'm good, Rich. Let's wrap it up. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you once again for listening to the Change Book Radio Show here on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, if, um, if you love us, and we know you do, go to iTunes. Uh, you can search us out at the Change Book Radio Show right there on iTunes go ahead and leave a written review and a star rating that you feel we deserve and we'd be most appreciative. And we look forward to hanging out with you again next Wednesday, same time, same channel right here on blog talk radio or on iTunes in the archive. And you can check us out live every Wednesday, 1:30 PM Eastern time. So on behalf of Lawrence Pipkin and myself, Rich Perry, want to thank you for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks and be excellent. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.